0: Hey, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish, author of Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, and you're listening to Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk.
1: This week, Morse and Jessica list off the most popular RPG podcasts as voted by EN World Readers. In the news, the OGL version 1.2 was released and the D&D Beyond feedback survey for it is live. The Orc License draws 1,500 publishers expressing interest and more, plus new listener questions and a brand new sketch about the trials and difficulties opening a door. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG
0: talk. Buy one ticket to the Loincloth Museum on Bagel Street today and get free entry for the whole year. Yes, you can visit the loincloth museum as often as you like and immerse yourself in the wonderful world of loincloths. Browse the many loincloth exhibits and marvel at the different shades and textures. It's a truly wonderful day out. A warning, do not touch the loincloths. They haven't been washed. Ever. All the tabletop role playing news, we aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG Talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ. And with me this week is, and I'm not going to hype her up the way Peter always does because I just can't, but with (laughs) me is...
2: It's me, Jessica from EN Publishing, feeling very sad that I'm not being hyped up by Peter this week because it's always a highlight on a Friday.
1: Well, Peter is away at a gaming convention doing games.
2: That's fair. That's a good reason to be away.
1: Hmm. We are not at a gaming convention doing games. You're going to one, aren't you? I am.
2: Well, it's it's one with my friends. Uh, So there's a group, I think... Between 10 and 15 people, I can't remember exactly how many. We all rent a cottage, like a really big cottage, loads of rooms, obviously. And we play role-playing games all weekend and do a LARP. Um And so straight after recording this, I'm off to do that. And I'm very excited because mm. I'm running uh, a game of Ten Candles, which is only like the second game I have run ever in my wee little life. Mm. So I'll let you know how that goes next week.
1: That'll be fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I'm going to be doing a lot of drinking this weekend.
2: I will also be doing a lot of drinking. Because <laughs> <laughs> whilst we're playing.
1: I've got a friend's birthday.
2: Nice. that
1: would be fun. Right, anyway, anyway, let's do some of our listener questions. So normally we pick one listener question and do it in a bit depth. We're going to take yep. it differently this time because we've got a few in more than usual.
2: Because, and I think that's because we're lacking Peter, so therefore this podcast episode will lack any depth.
1: Well, it'll probably be quicker. Though.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> For reasons listeners will know. Anyway, yeah, let's, right, do, so, let's do quick um, questions. Let's go.
1: Yeah, so I'm just going to whip through these and we'll just do like one to two sentence answers, okay? Great. Quick, quick okay. fire. Okay, so number one from Stephen A. Turner, who is in fact our accountant. What dice mechanic do people prefer? D20, D100, D6, special dice, FFG, Star Wars, etc.?
2: I have an answer. I like a dice pool six system. I don't care what That's the what dice was is. what going to say. Well, I'll tell you. My reason will be different. Start my answer. Let me do a quick fire. I like a D6 dice pool mechanic or a D10 one where you don't have to add up the dice pool, but certain numbers are a success. So you, you roll a number of dice, and if you get any sixes, it's a success, yeah. like in Ten Candles or yeah. in like World of Darkness where... Um, you know, eights, nines, and tens are successes, and tens explode. So you can just look at them and know how many you've done well. And I like it, it's simple. And I hate doing maths. What about you?
1: Okay. I also prefer a d6 dice ball system. I very much enjoy them. Most of the games that I make have written myself feature them. I like having a handful of dice and throwing them. Who doesn't like casting fireball in D and D for that exact reason? Exactly. And I also like the way you can use the dice as modifiers. So mm-hmm. you can physically add or remove dice from a dice pool, and it's a kind of tactile, physical thing. And I prefer that to an abstract number in my head. I like yeah. that; it feels good.
2: Good answer. Next question. Thank Go, you for, Thank you,
1: thank you, Jessica. That's very kind of you to say.
2: I am very kind.
1: You know. Hi.
2: <laughs> Quickfire. Come on. Stay on task, for us. <laughs> All
1: right, uh, Russell Wright would like to know how do you handle adult content when playing a TTRPG? Well, for me, I just kind of don't. Really. What, do, what do you mean by adult content i suppose people have different definitions of what mm-hmm. that is
2: so i've i played some indie tabletop RPGs, which will go through a lot of intense themes um i will i've played games that have romance in i'll play some that mm. have violence in and some that play different things uh and the way i handle that is before we start everybody agrees what the boundaries are and what we're gonna play. And I do this with every game we're playing. I'm doing it t- this evening in Ten Candles because it's a horror RPG. So I'm actually going to be trying to horrify these people, but I need to know what isn't and isn't okay. So the classic thing I do is kind of lines and veils. Um, so, uh, which many people are familiar with. A line is, we're just not having that in the game. Um, and a veil is, that will be included, but we're not gonna narrate it. And that's normally what I do for, if you're talking about adult as in like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like a romance scene. The generally, the way I would approach that, that would be veiled. So if two characters were going on a date and they're like, and the date goes well, and then you go upstairs, and then you move on with the scene. So Quick it's kind fire, of fire. like in a Quick PG fire. film where Quick the camera pans. Fire. That was me fully explaining. That's how I okay. handle it.
1: Okay. Okay. And so you just don't think it, it. Yeah, I think, I think one of those things is like adult is defined differently, though. I mean, there's definitely certain portions of the community, we say, that would sort of say any representation is adult content, which obviously I would disagree with. So if you were to meet a gay couple in the game, they would say, oh, that's adult content. i was like, no, it's not. It's oh. just representation. It's just, well, yeah, but people do say that, don't they? That's certain okay. causes of, you know. I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and obviously we disagree strongly with that. But, I, guess, uh, I guess
2: it's about defining what is and isn't okay in the game. Yeah. For yeah. those themes.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, next. What well, is the first time each panellist... Panellist? <laughs> ...saw an RPG... And this is from Angus. Angus Abranson. ...saw an RPG on a TV show or movie. Or was it shown in a positive and or accurate way? For me, that probably be E.T., I think. Maybe in the 80s. I guess. The first I remember...
2: I mean, this is outside of YouTube and actual plays and stuff, I'm assuming. Because
1: okay, T so yeah. V show or movie
2: he says. It yeah. is TV show. Okay. So mass media. Uh so I think the first time I saw it and was like, Oh, that's what I do was um in the IT crowd. They did an episode where they had role playing games and it was it was very funny. I don't know if you've seen it.
1: I can't remember that. I remember the IT okay. crowd, I don't remember that specifically. There was
2: an episode where there's role playing games and it was it was really funny and it was introduced mm. and it was very lovingly done. So it was it was jokey and kind of making fun of it, but very much like an in joke, in the way mm. kind of munchkin does. Yeah. So that's the first one I remember, but I'm pretty sure I must have seen it somewhere else.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think it's definitely E.T. for me in the 80s. It must have been.
2: I don't remember seeing that any.
1: Yeah, yeah, they play play D&D near the beginning. The kids do.
2: Fair enough. All right.
1: Yeah, I can't even, I can't even, probably was the first time it was in any kind of mass media thing. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, quick fire, quick fire, quick fire. Lee Donovan would like to know, how do you approach traps and puzzles in game, and how do you keep them balanced with player character strengths? I just buy the Dungeons & guide, and I use that.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's like over 100 traps in there and it's got a whole philosophy and approach to it. And myself and Russ, because we, EM Publishing made that game, uh, you have a look at that.
1: Yeah. There's,
2: there's uh, articles free on levelup5e.com that outlines that approach.
1: Darren Morrissey. Mm. Is We'd that like somebody to related to you? Mm-hmm.
2: The voice of Malek the Maleficent.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you prefer teak, oak or pine tabletops for your tabletop gaming purposes? Also, if you're playing by Zoom, is it even tabletop gaming anymore or is it a literal video game?
2: Um, I don't have a preference for the table type. It uh, is a tabletop game if you're playing it over the computer because my computer sits on a table.
1: Ah, there you go. And you are sitting at a table. Yeah, uh-huh. there um. you go. Ha ha! We win, Darren. You tried to catch us out and you failed.
2: Always don't with me. my brother.
1: For those who don't know. Right, that's it. Listener questions done.
2: Boom! So that was really fun. That so goes. if that was quick, you like that was quick and fun, if you like the quick fire style of questions, please do stay.
1: Yeah.
2: If, if other people listening prefer that, ask us more questions, so we have loads of questions to do quickfire. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that why we did be. it this week. We had a whole but load of questions. But don't ask
1: us to give us anecdotes of our favourite gaming bits because we've done that so many times we've run out. And don't ask us which life, which things we'd like to see licensed because we've done that a million times.
2: Yeah, that's our new. Everyone's going to ask us that now. Just be Yeah,
1: I know they will. Of course they will. All right. What's uh, next? I wouldn't they Okay, okay. It's time for the news. News. I said that in a kind of funny way, didn't I?
2: That's fine. Yes. I'm gonna... <laughs> Did you like
1: it? Did you enjoy that? Was that mm-hmm, an improvement? Mm-hmm. Or a... I mean, I could do that every week if you like.
2: Um. So I'm going to talk about the news. Uh, <laughs> listeners will not be surprised that the main bulk of the news this week is a continuation of the open gaming license saga. <sighs> um. So last week on Friday Live during the podcast we had the first statement come out, which was that mm-hmm. apology. Um. Which we kind of talked. We talked about then and there. So. Yeah. Let's talk about things that happened this week. So, do we, do we want to get into all the rumours and stuff, or do we want to just talk about the announcement on Wednesday and yesterday?
0: <sighs>
2: How much of this do you want to get into?
1: Okay, let's talk about the, let's talk, let's talk about the announcement on Wednesday, first of all. So, the announcement right. on Wednesday was pretty much the same announcement as the announcement on Friday, but worded really differently. So, there were criticisms yeah. made about the one last Friday, which came out while we were recording. And mm-hmm. mainly, I mean, not mainly... Amongst those criticisms were criticisms about the tone of it. Yeah. And what what happened here was they basically said the same thing in a different tone, which was received better.
2: And they used a different person to deliver that message well. they as used well. a person.
1: So yeah. they identifiably the, had a person writing it rather than just D&D Beyond. Yeah. Which a lot of people had sort of complained about. And they said, I don't even know who's saying this. Mm-hmm. And also... You know, there was that little bit at the end in the previous one where they were saying, "You think you won, but you didn't. We all won." Or People will like say that, they've won, but we bit, actually yeah. all
2: won. It's yeah, like, yeah. It oh, was dude, weird. no. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so the second, the second one is a big old apology and then kind of a reiteration of the same stuff. And we kind of covered that. Did we? How well did we cover it last week? Because it happened. Live. I think we did.
2: We, we we did talk about it. So we we, mm. we talked about it. But I think this. If we move on to talk about this Wednesday. But yeah, because like you say, it was by Carl Brink, so we have a person, and mm. they started off by explaining his credentials that, you know, he's been playing TTRPGs for like, you know, for a really long time. And, um, you know, he's a big fan of the community. And so I think there was the attempt, like you say, to humanize it from a PR perspective. Mm-hmm there was very much the look we all love D. let's fix this together so it was a completely different it's been really interesting from a public relations point of view <laughs> to watch this yeah. i think yeah. friday's that quote the quote people will say they've won but they're only partially right we both won i think that will go down in pr history mm. as like oh i don't know what you were trying to achieve but what
1: was interesting is so that one on friday mm-hmm. when it was put up um people noticed it was being edited in real time
2: Mm. And not
1: just a little bit, either. I mean, all (gasps) through. Someone posted a uh, document with, like, red bits, the bits that have changed, that changed literally in real time as you were reading it.
2: Oh, my god! So they put it up
1: and they were still editing it, so... When you read it, it might be different now. To, I mean, it, it was substantially the same, saying the same thing. It was yeah, yeah. phraseology and tweets. But yeah, they were editing it in real time. But anyway, that, that, that aside. So this second one also mentioned that they were going to change their tack and they were going to release the draft OGL publicly and ask for feedback.
2: Well, they claimed that's what they were doing all along before, Russ.
1: Well, public feedback via a survey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. But, you know, like mm-hmm. they do with the playtests.
2: Yeah. Yes. Um,
1: which, you know, I'm, I'm in two minds of. I'm, I think, to, to an extent, on legal documents, I'm not entirely sure how much public feedback
2: <sighs> is yeah. that
1: useful because some of it is complex and there's stuff that even I don't understand enough um, to comment on without talking to a lawyer. And mm-hmm. I've been working with this stuff for you know, years, so. Yeah. You know, um I'm not so I'm not one hundred percent sure how useful that I is think um
2: they had to from public relations. Yeah,
1: I guess because so. yeah. they
2: needed to give everyone a channel to give their feedback that wasn't just publicly yelling at them.
1: So that kind of leads into another claim. Right. That these feed this feedback mechanism mm-hmm. and also with an Earth Arcana as well. Someone on YouTube and this is kind of clickbaity stuff, and I'm not gonna tell say who it is or link to it. Someone on YouTube claimed to have an insider at Wizards of the Coast saying that feedback wasn't read, mm-hmm. it was basically ignored, and it was used largely to keep complaints off the internet and get it channeled into a certain avenue.
2: Okay. Which... So that's unverified, but...
1: it was unverified. But then it got refuted by past and present Wizards of the Coast employees. Okay. Soundly. Why, lots of them. Some of them say, I was literally doing that job. I'm telling you, that is not the case. I, Others, like yeah. Ray Winninger, who used to run D&D, who left in October, saying, that is definitely not the case. I am definitely yeah. against the... He's, he's come out in favour of the open gaming community. He's not on Wizard's side with this OGC yeah, stuff. Yeah,
2: he is, yeah.
1: But... I he, wonder
2: if that's maybe why he left.
1: Don't know, maybe. We, it's
2: pure speculation. We do yeah, not know.
1: Complete speculation. Um, but he's, he's, he said, no, that is not the case. That is not the case. We, you know, qualitative and quantitative information via those surveys, we use. We definitely use. Um, you know, and there's been so many refutations of that. It's been fairly yeah. thoroughly debunked now.
2: I I think they will listen and use the feedback in some way. I think that
1: points to a larger problem, though.
2: What is that? What's the logic?
1: I think there's quite a lot of this clickbaity, unverified stuff going on at the moment. Yeah. Mainly YouTube, I think. I haven't. I don't really watch much of it because it tends to be like a two-hour video and stuff. I'm <laughs> seeing I'm like, stuff oh, on no.
2: Twitter as well. Yeah, I know you're you're not delving into the depths of Twitter too much yeah. these days for your sanity, yeah, yeah. which is fair. But, but the it problem is, is all this over. stuff
1: this stuff distracts from the actual real core issues. Mm-hmm. And and that's the problem. So when we we need to stay on target.
2: All right, we concentrate let's not- on the
1: actual issues.
2: So let's, for this podcast, not talk about any of the rumours or any of the things like that. Let's just talk about the actual statements that Wizards have made that we know is verifiably true. So that's what we're going to do.
1: Okay, so yesterday afternoon they released the draft version of the OGL. Great. OGL 1.2, they released the draft version. They also did something else, Mm -hmm. which, and they did this while we were doing our live stream last night. Of course they did. Because they always do these things while we are recording something.
2: Yeah. Which is up on Twitch, if you want to check And we that. had to
1: react to it. We were literally talking about our OGL level-up plans as they released it. Yeah. So people were asking us in the chat, how does this affect you? And we're like, I
2: don't know. We're I'm- just reading it right now.
1: <laughs> While trying to present the Twitch channel. <laughs> but anyway, um uh yeah. So one of the things they did was they released the core D&D rules. And when I say core, I mean core. I don't mean yeah. everything via a creative commons license
2: Mm -hmm.
1: now this is interesting in one sense it's clever it's 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 very clever it's a a clever disarming mechanism Mm -hmm. because it makes them look generous and stuff and creative commons i don't think they can argue with they can't Mm -hmm. they they're they're gonna have trouble because if they start trying to claim that that's revocable then every software company on the planet is going to be fighting them over it so that is that is a, a kind of show of trust, I guess, in a way.
2: It is. I think that's them acknowledging that, look, people don't trust us at Wizards now, so we need How? to give the core rules to somebody else who isn't us yeah. that, that people can trust. So that, that was interesting. Yeah.
1: What was available under OGL versus 1.0a, and I stand by the fact that it is still available, whatever they say, because I still stand saying that that...
2: It is currently kind of available.
1: Uh, and benefit. always will be. Yeah.
2: That's what is available okay. under
1: OGL 1.0a, is an order of magnitude more than the, what they're putting out under Creative Commons. They're just putting out a fraction of the content. So it's uh-huh. not actually a giveaway, it's a take back. What is now available as open content basically is a is a fraction of what was yesterday.
2: Yeah. It's, it's if, like... if
1: you accept that the revocation of 1.0 A is valid. It's yeah. a fraction of what but, it was But isn't. what's
2: in the Creative Commons, just to clarify is um, core game mechanics. Yep. Yeah, so basically,
1: rules, D, D20 plus. Ability modifier, checks, blah,
2: blah. an equipment table, some rules for monsters, and conditions list. Yeah. And it, it does not include.
1: It, it's got the combat chapter.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, which is, I guess, important. But it does not include spells. All those it, spells. It doesn't include them.
2: Or races the,
1: or species. It doesn't include any classes. of the races. It doesn't include the classes. It doesn't include the magic items.
2: Monster stat it blocks. It
1: doesn't include the monsters. It basically doesn't include the items in the game. It mm. includes the kind of core rule of the game.
2: So that means you could make a a game, a, a role playing game that uses a. Hang on. So they've yes. just done mechanics, and mm. and that's because legally you can't copyright game mechanics anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean that is a thing that's. Yeah, I know that's a really brief. That is a thing. That's, that's it, it's a brief summary,
2: and it's an yeah, yeah, oversimplification yeah. of the that's issue. That's only but ever really
1: been tested in court over basically a board game, which basically sort of says roll yeah. a dice and move that many squares. But
2: that's a precedent that's, that's been set. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's un. It would be a really contentious and difficult case to prove. So they could. So, so they're basically making it so that if you have a role-playing game that uses a 20 dice and then have different abilities and things like that, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: So basically, using that creative commons, we couldn't make level up
2: mm-hmm.
1: using what's in there. Right. Because like things like Magic Missile, so the spells aren't in there. We'd have to write our entire our entirely new set of spells. So which, which is fine. I mean, you know, there's nothing yeah. wrong with you writing a new set of spells for your game. But mm-hmm. the, the point is, it is substantially less, like much, much less content than was previously available. Okay. So, it is a take back, not a giveaway.
2: So, that is under the Creative Commons. But,
1: mm-hmm.
2: okay. So, the main giveaway, they're still, they want to make in version 1.2 of the Open Gaming mm-hmm.
1: License. Yeah. So, version 1.2 of the Open Gaming License, that's a Creative Commons thing. Took everyone by surprise. I think it's a good PR move, but in a practical PR terms, move. I don't think it is anything.
2: Yeah, because for us as a publisher, I'm not sure how much we can use that. Yeah. Like you say. I think it but, looks
1: good, but I think it's just uh, nothing, to be Okay. Honest. Yeah. So, the draft of the version 1.2. So they are, they've are they put it out there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I can't go away through it. But, okay, so it takes back the royalties clause.
2: So no one's going to have to pay any royalties. Correct. Good, we like it, that.
1: Yeah, it uh, takes back the dodgy ownership clause, where Wizard of the Coast gets to do anything with your product any way it wants.
2: That's good. But as we've said before, I think that was... Them just doing legally so they couldn't get, yeah, sued. and they
1: kind of replaced that with a clause which basically says, Look, you agree that if we make something that happens to be similar to your thing, yeah. you're not going to sue us over it.
2: And I think that's more fair because I think yeah. that was the spirit of what they wanted. So, okay, yeah, cool. No. Well, I'll t- that was
1: the one, yeah, as I said before, that was one thing I didn't really have a problem with. I, I wasn't, I, I saw yeah, because that.
2: That was the, they kind of had that in the current version of the open gaming license, they have something yeah. like that, but that's fine. Okay, yeah. cool. We're, we're and happy they've taken that. back
1: the bit where they can just change it at will.
2: That is good.
1: That is... Good. Um, I mean, no, it's not good. It's just not not it's just not bad. Well,
2: I I, I know, we're gonna get into we're gonna get into the issues.
1: <laughs> right, but, so but they can um, change... before they could change it, well now they can change any two things.
2: Yes. Um, Which... they
1: can change the way they contact you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um yeah, you know, basically contact details clause. Or Which the way fair. they can notify you of stuff. Um, presumably, just to address changing technology and different methods of communication. That's the what they've
2: said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's future proof. Uh,
1: and the other thing that they can change. Oh, what was it? Oh, how they
2: cite your work. How, how, how cite you cite what is in your work. Cite, uh, you in your work? work. So yeah. they, yeah. which is that, because they could change their logo or something. And so they could be like, hey, can you use this image instead? Yeah. Or yeah. if it's a different technology, they might be like, hey, when you're doing your Sorry. brain no, augmentation no. Yeah. scan, use this thing.
1: So no real problem there. Um, I'm not going to say that's good. I'm just going to say that they're not doing something bad anymore. You don't, get, yeah. you don't get a cookie for not doing something bad, but the,
2: yeah, they're not um, actively punching people.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's so I, I am pleased that they are no longer actively punching people. Mm-hmm. They stopped doing something bad. So yeah. yeah. So that that's that. Now there there are two other things um, that are three other things that bother me about this.
2: Let's talk about the first thing.
1: Right. The first thing is a little thing. Okay. Um, what the works covered are. Now it only covers printed media and static electronic files such as EPubs and PDFs. Now that's going to hit every app maker out there.
2: All the virtual—they're making a separate virtual tabletop. No, no, order, they've got so a separate virtual
1: tabletop license, here, which okay. I haven't actually really, really looked at because I don't really, um, you know, because we don't. That. Yeah, yeah. They kind of claim this is mainly about NFTs, and they didn't want people making NFTs. And I think, well, if that's what you wanted, why didn't you just just say don't make NFTs? Yeah. Then? But the problem is you can't make NFTs, right? This is, this is an argument that's been going on since we mm-hmm. first mentioned this. Even under the original OGL, you could not make NFTs of D&D stuff because the OGL didn't give you access to any of Wizards' branding stuff.
2: none of their images or stuff. So like, yeah, so yeah. you couldn't have
1: you, you used that to make NFTs anyway. We well, could make NFTs of like rules expressions, but that's not really... So this being an issue,
2: w- is this, do you think, their way of stopping people having another D&D Beyond-style thing?
1: Yes. Yeah. So this is and still
2: an issue for us because we have a 5 tools.
1: doesn't cover web pages with game content on I mean, there's a lot of web pages out there mm. with game content on them, and it doesn't cover that. Now, I'm hoping that's an oversight, but given the fact that it's made it through a couple of drafts now and it still says that, I'm thinking it's not. They don't want entire SRDs of content up on web pages.
2: I think that makes think. sense because they want D&D Beyond to be the only place yeah. you can go yeah, to for that's that. what I think. But that's, so that's the a... issue is other people want to make that version of thing for their games yeah. as well like we that's do a, with that's Level a, Up. That's
1: a, that's a sticking point for me.
2: Yeah, that annoys me as well.
1: Yeah. Um, the OGL version 1.0a, they are still revoking it. Um, I reiterate, I do not believe and many others do not believe that they can but they are still legally or ethically um, yeah. I don't believe they can do it. Um, they are still revoking it. They do say any previously published content remains licensed under whichever version of the OGL was in effect when you published that content. That doesn't even make sense. If you accept that they can revoke it, then it's revoked. And I don't accept that they can, but if you accept that they can revoke it, then yeah. it's revoked. So in, in no way is your previously published content remaining licensed. It's yeah. either a valid license or it's not.
2: Yeah, le- yeah legally speaking. Because I... What I originally thought was they were going to make a new, when they said we're making a new version of the AGL, I assumed it was going to be for 1D&D stuff. Mm. So that would mean that you could just make 5e content using the old license as much as you wanted, and it didn't really matter because 1D&D is going to be compatible with 5e, so whatever.
1: Mm. That's not good. But that's so not what they're trying to do. It does mean we can continue to sell I'll our previously published 5e yeah. books or live up books or all that stuff. But, so I suppose it removes that problem, mm-hmm. but we can't publish new ones under the old license. They say um, I'm not saying I agree, but they say
2: yeah, that yeah, ones. and that's an issue because we've already we and many other publishers have already started paid for development of products based on, on that ahead license. Because yeah. Yeah. yeah, like so right, so right now we've already got the books in layout and written that are going we're gonna bring out this year, and we're looking yeah. at what we're writing for 2024, 2025. And a lot of publishers are doing that as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
2: and even if you're not a big publisher, if you're just one person, you know, an indie creator, single person, if you're doing this part-time, which a lot of people are, it'll take you a really long time to write something. So if you've been working on something for probably a really long time because you're doing this in your free time, you know, that might throw a load of your work out the window.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that's the OGL bit. And finally, there's the, basically, revocation of this license. So, this license claims it's irrevocable, which is nice. It contains ha- the word irrevocable.
2: We like that word.
1: We like the word. However, it's not, because there is a situation in which they can terminate it. And they can terminate it. And this is, you see, this, I, mm-hmm. I've, I've said probably, I applaud the desire to keep bigotry and hateful content away from our poppy. Yes. I absolutely applaud that. Um, something I try to do, something I work hard to do, it's mm-hmm. important. We there's new TSA out there doing the stuff that they do. I can understand why Wizard of the Coast doesn't want them anywhere near their brand. I get yeah. it? Yeah. I understand why why this clause is here and you know, I support I actually support the goal. I, I understand what they're trying yes. to do. The problem is there's a trust issue here. Yeah. And what Wizards of the Coast says they're going to do isn't necessarily what Wizard of the Coast does do. Wizard of the Coast said they couldn't and wouldn't revoke the OGL. They told us that. Yeah, here we are. And now they are doing it. So, you know, you can't... So all you can look at is what's legally in the legal text. You can't believe what they say Um, they're going to do. And what is this
2: legal text saying, just to clarify? So this legal
1: text basically says um, they could terminate your licence instantly if you have hateful, harmful, or obscene content. So... Now...
2: And on its back, like you said, that sounds... Okay. That sounds good.
1: That sounds good. But However, they, at their own discretion, are the only ones who decide what that is, mm-hmm. and you cannot challenge them about it. You can't you can't take them to court about it yeah. because you waive that right in the contract. So basically they can shut down a competitor with a flick of a pen by just saying your content is obscene, whether or not it is, and you just have to trust that they're not going to do that.
2: So because the, they define what obscene is. Yes. And this yeah. is And well, this links to kind of what we're saying earlier about the the listener question about adult content. Mm. People vary on what counts as that. Mm
0: -hmm. And the
2: issue with morality clauses is everyone has different levels of things. Yeah. And they're they're doing this to try and, you know, protect, you know, marginalized communities that I think they're trying to, you know, stop racist and homophobic things coming out, which is, you know, good, happy on that. But these style of morality clauses have been used a lot in the past, not in tabletop RPGs, just in general against those communities a lot so a lot of queer content was shut down and mm. you know has been shut down because people say oh it's immoral we can't have that yeah. i mean you see at yeah. the moment you know drag queen story I time. mean,
1: this is, a, this is a thing that goes back forever doesn't it
2: yeah you know so
0: like,
2: what if somebody's in charge of Wizard of the coast decides something's immoral or obscene mm. they could say well there's blood in the picture because maybe you have a monster with like blood dripping from its jaws because it's mm. killed and they're like well that's violent and obscene so you
1: can't they don't even have to say that. I mean, they could literally say, you've used the word and we, we think that's obscene. They literally <laughs> but say yeah. no, But seriously, they say at their own discretion and you can't challenge yeah. them. So yeah, I so think. So they literally can decide.
2: In order to. So I, I applaud what they're trying to do, but there needs to be some appeals process or some external body to Wizards of the Coast yeah. because we know we so, can't so trust them.
1: Do you want the company yeah. that published the Hadozi in Spelljammer to be the sole decider of what is or is not? Bigoted speech.
2: Well, if we look at them in that stance, they'll let anything fly for anybody because <laughs> no, they're kind of cool so. with whatever. I get it. I get but, it. They want yeah. it to keep
1: New T.S.R. away. They don't want New T.S.R. doing that sort of thing. I get it. I, honestly, I do. I do get it. But.
2: But this is dangerous. They can't, they
1: can't They can't. be the ones to make that call. Yeah. So I think that needs to be a independent body. Yes. That doesn't have anyone from Wizards of the Coast in it. Mm-hmm. And also obviously doesn't have anyone from the publisher in the other side of the dispute on it. Yes. Completely independent. Would have to make that call for that to be even slightly acceptable. Yeah,
2: and they'd need an appeal process for that as well, via you know, with the independent body and yeah, there would need to be really clear defin and there needs to be clear definitions of your writing content, what they find isn't isn't acceptable.
1: That as well, yeah. It's like
2: what we said before: we play a game, lines and veils. So, like. If you say to me, "Hey, I don't want this in the game because I don't find it acceptable," that's fine. If wizards say, "Hey, when you're writing third-party content, these things are excluded," I will.
1: I will we can um, to that. just to throw a spanner in the works on that and play a devil's advocate.
2: Oh, does he need one? But carry on.
1: <laughs> so yes, they they should produce some guidelines on what is or is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. However, we have seen how long their frequently asked questions type guidelines last. Literally, they published a, a, a guideline saying that. The OGL V one point zero A could not be revoked and that third party publishers could just ignore any changes to it and continue using the old one. They said that. So yeah. whatever they whatever guidelines they put up, you still can't trust them.
2: Yeah, and that's like why you said it needs to be an independent one because yeah, the trust yeah. in them has, has gone. Yeah. Um I agree with that as well. I, I think that morality clause is is a, a sticking point issue for me as well in yeah. the same way.
1: Yeah. But I don't think the morality clause is insurmountable. I get it. I totally get it, and I I applaud the the goal. I just don't think that mechanism is the way to do it.
2: Yeah, it just the, the okay with the spirit of it, but we need to tidy up the letter so we know we're safe. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. it for me.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's mainly it. Um, I mean there's some other details to it, but yeah. that's, that's mainly it. But um, it's on
2: it's on D and D Beyond for people to go and have hmm. a look at, and they are giving people until the third of February to go. And give your feedback. So, if you are listening to this and have opinions on this, mm. would pl- please go read the the license and give your opinions to Wizards um, uh, on that. Um, and you have till third February to do that by D D Beyond. So, yeah, yeah, it's meant yeah. To, the survey's meant to be made available today. It doesn't look like it's available at the time we're recording this, but I think they said Friday the twentieth is when the, they're going to launch the survey.
1: Yeah, well, it's today, as we're recording, it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah so um moving on still on licensey stuff sorry
2: okay other news that's not the open game license let's move on
1: but it is but it is licency stuff okay so go on
2: then from
1: paizo coincidentally on the same day
2: mm-hmm. um oh yeah
1: big coincidence, big coincidence i'm sure released something about their upcoming open rpg creators license the Orc. Mm-hmm. as it is great I mean. name
2: great name love it so they've
1: released an a, and that's an Orc Alliance of 1500 plus tabletop RPG publishers which is interesting I mean, they say that this is um these are publishers who have joined together to pledge their support for the development of a universal system neutral open license I disagree with their slightly. they've signed up for more information sort of done they've expressed being, an interest in list. it yes yeah, we are, on we that are. List. yeah we're on that list um, yeah mm-hmm. so we are interested I hope that license is amazing and if it is we'll use it yeah but we haven't seen it, so, you know. So we don't have any. So we, so we have not pledged
2: it? or promised anything yet, yeah.
1: yeah no, 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 no. we just signed up for more information. But, um yeah, so they've, there's 1,500 plus publishers, they say,
2: mm-hmm.
1: have signed up. They've posted a list of sort of a few dozen of those, which include not only us, but a whole bunch of people. They've got um Chaosium is on there. Um, they've got Evil Genius Games, Expeditious Boutique Press, Fantasy Grounds. Mm-hmm. They've got Foundry, VTT, Froggog Games, Gale Force 9, Goodman Games, Green Run, you know, a lot of well-known um, Monte Cook Games, Necromancer mm-hmm. Games, Poison themselves, Pale Brain Press, you know, a lot of well-known companies. Mm-hmm. Are, 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 involved is too strong a word to use at this stage. They have They're, expressed
2: uh, an interest Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And... I think the branding on this is really smart because like being the mm. Orc Alliance makes it seem like we're a little little army going against the big yeah. dragon. And I mean, yeah. I deals, mean this, yeah.
1: This won't help us access 5e SRT content in any way at all. Yeah. It will help us distribute our content. It's a tool that we could use to distribute our content. Yes. And it will be a tool that Paizo will be able to use and Paizo creators will be able to use to use Paizo content. Yeah. it does. So it does help in that sense. It doesn't really help people who are publishing for 5e to continue publishing for 5e, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But, you know, that, they're still in the, do we sign well, the uh, yeah. 2.1 or Yeah, well, we're not. just,
2: we're waiting to see it. Like, cause at the moment, it's in the feedback What is it, 2.1? 1.2? 2.1. 1.2. 1.2. 1.2. 1.2. Gosh, so <laughs> yeah, nothing. Yeah. But, I mean, a yeah. lot of publishers are making statements and doing things as well. Yeah. Uh, so basically, I think what a lot of people have done is like, mm, okay, this is rubbish. We need to make sure our independent system that's not 5e has an open gaming license that people feel confident and safe using. So hmm. Mongoose Publishing have uh, announced they'll be creating one for Traveller. Hmm. Um, us at EM Publishing have announced we're doing a new starter set for what's old is new and that we're mm-hmm. going to make sure we're going gonna to release it under an open license, the most open one we can find. Um,
1: yeah, it might be Orc or it might be Creative Commons. We or have, something. yeah, we're
2: wait, we're yeah, waiting we to see what's yeah. what. Um, but Free League have announced they're creating two licenses: one for the Year Zero engine, um, and one for the Dragonbane system. Yeah. Um, so uh,
1: you mentioned Traveller, didn't you? I did.
2: Yeah. yeah so I think yeah. this is making a lot of publishers think we don't want to make this error. We want to make sure everything's future-proofed and and get and basically make third-party content creators feel safe using our stuff. Yeah, because I think, like like with wizards, like you mentioned before, it's so useful for your your brand. It makes financial sense for there to be lots of stuff for your system. Mm.
0: Mm.
2: So most publishers want that; they want third party content creators making cool stuff.
0: Mm.
2: But yeah, anyway, so so lots of people are doing things like that. That was another bit yeah. of news to, to to throw in there. Yeah.
1: I think that's kind of it really.
2: Yeah, there's not really much. I think everybody is holding off announcements for products and things until they kind of know what's going on. Yeah. Um so that's the main th- so that's that's kind of it for the news really. Star Trek Adventures are still releasing their mission briefs um mm-hmm. as well. Uh so but, but but that's something they can keep doing and it's it's you know their kind of systems they're fine to do that uh mm. with Modiphius. Um yeah, and that yeah, that's all the news I have this so, week. It's all OGL so I just stuff. Just
1: pointing it out. Just jumping back to the other things. So one of mm-hmm. uh, the termination clause.
2: Yeah,
1: it just occurred to me, and I just and it just occurred to me just because someone posted this on my forum and I just saw it just now. Oh, okay. So one of the things that they can terminate it for was um, sort of like the whole morality stuff. But there's also things that like if you do something illegal in relation to it. Now, what sort of things are illegal around the world? Legal in what jurisdiction?
2: Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good point.
1: You know. Uh, someone points out yeah, in Russia, it's illegal, to, it's illegal to portray queer issues and people in a positive light. For example, yeah, I'm not 100 percent up on Russian laws, but assuming that's true, yeah, uh, have you violated your contract at that point? Then
2: yeah, they need to define the jurisdiction. My assumption would be U.S., but we cannot assume anything. We need to all. In okay, the so if resist. I commit,
1: so if I commit some, aqu- so if I, if I speed faster than you're allowed to in the US, but I'm in the UK where it's not legal. Is that a violated contract?
2: I see your point. (laughs) I mean, you know. I understand your uh, point, yeah.
1: If a German is on the autobahn and, and zooms along at 100 miles an hour, which is perfectly legal in Germany... But Must, not in the US. Maybe
2: legal for the jurisdiction you're in, but then that's yeah. also problematic, because what if you are...
1: But, but but then in that case, if you do... But that, that Russia clause comes in then, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, so then if
2: you're is, in Russia and you're creating queer content as a creator because...
1: Then you're in violation of Wizards' contract.
2: Yeah.
1: Or not. I don't know. I, this is sort of... Have that's to talk the question. To stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's just something I saw someone mention.
2: Mm, that's a good point. So...
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I anyway, don't know.
2: I don't. I'm not informed enough to expand on that point. Nah, Sound is nah, gonna be quiet.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Right, so I think we probably covered the news because there wasn't really much.
2: That is the news.
1: Rounding the corner, you find yourself in front of an ornate oaken door.
2: Oh, um, how sturdy does it look?
1: Oh, it's pretty big. Um, this thing was designed to last.
2: Okay. Um, does it have like any markings on it?
1: Markings? Uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. The symbol of House Erin adorns the door.
2: Oh, mysterious.
1: Well, it's not that mysterious. This is their mansion, after all.
2: Well, you know, even so. Um, oh, does it look trapped?
1: Look trapped? Uh, no, no, of course not.
2: Well, that's exactly how a trapdoor door would look, though. Well,
1: it's also exactly how a non-trap door would look.
2: Yeah but, yeah, but is it, though? Uh, yes. Is it, though?
1: Yes. Look, are you going through the door?
2: Okay, do you want me to go through the door?
1: I honestly don't care one way or the other as long as you make a decision.
2: Okay, I'm, I'm just going to search for traps. Fine, fine.
1: You find no traps.
2: Okay, so either this door is untrapped, you think, or the trap is very well hidden. <sighs> okay. okay, 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 okay. So we have a big oak door with a symbol of House Erin on it, and I can't find a trap. Um. Oh, okay. I'll cast detect magic.
1: Of course you will.
2: Okay. So do, do I find anything?
1: No, the door is not magic. It's just a door.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, there's, there's no such thing as like just a door. <laughs> so.
1: Uh, I assure you there is. Right.
2: right okay. Um, um. I'm gonna try a selection of like common door opening and you know, magic words.
1: No, no, that's last week's sketch.
2: Oh yes, yeah, so it is. Okay. Uh. Okay. Um. Okay. Instead, uh, I will approach carefully.
1: I am agog with anticipation.
2: Okay, and I, like, cautiously inspect the door.
1: What are you looking for?
2: Um, like, well, uh, c- can I tell if it's locked?
1: Uh, no. No, it's not locked. You can walk through it at any time.
2: <laughs> yeah, you'd like that, wouldn't you? I mean... Okay, I will search the passageway for tracks. Tracks? Yes. So I want to figure out, um, you know, who else has used used the door, you know?
1: Fine, fine. You find giant clawed prints clearly made by a ferocious bear owl. Really? No, of course not. Look, you see signs that people use this door regularly.
2: Right, right. Okay, well, it's because they probably know
1: the secret. The... what secret?
2: The secret to the door, of course. It's
1: just a door.
2: A door to, like, the ninth layer of hell, you mean?
1: No! Okay, okay, you win! It's just not feeling like winning.
2: So I'll just reach out and, you know, open the door.
1: Finally! You enter the bathroom.
2: Oh, these banquets are so long.
0: Malek the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com/slash Morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. Alright, alright. Don't forget patreon.com/slash Morris. Can I go now?
2: So, what's the topic this week beyond the open gaming licence?
1: Oh, it is that time of year where we count down everybody's favourite tabletop RPG podcasts. Woohoo! I always enjoy this one because it's kind of a bit personal, this one, because we are a tabletop RPG podcast. Ah. We've never actually won our own poll. And spoilers, we don't this time either. We are on (laughs) it,
2: though.
1: We are on it, yeah. (laughs) So, um, the way this works is every year I ask people to nominate their favourite podcasts. I try to ask them to give a reason as well so that we can read out the reasons. Mm-hmm. And then loads of people, thousands of people vote and then we find out which are the favourite tabletop RPG podcasts in two categories. So one is the talk category which and that's podcasts like ours mm-hmm. where we talk about news or opinions or advice or yeah, yeah reviews or that sort of thing. Um, the other one is the actual play category which is where people actually play games on a podcast for people to listen to and enjoy. So, they're the two categories, and we have a top ten in each. Yeah. So, are we ready to go?
2: Yeah. Should we start with the top categories?
1: Yeah. Okay. All so, right. let's start at number ten and work our way down to number one.
2: Yes. Now. So These are great recommendations. So, if you enjoy listening to this, uh, these yeah. are probably podcasts do, yeah. you will yeah. also enjoy.
1: What I will also say is there's a Hall of Fame. Any mm-hmm. podcast which has won it before won't be featured in this list. Because the idea is to keep, you know, bringing new stuff each. Otherwise, it would just be the same list every year. Um, Critical so Role the, wins do, actual play every year. <laughs> well, they've been, they haven't, actually. but um, oh, okay. Anyway. So, I'll, I'll just show you what the previous winners are. So, when they don't appear in this list, you'll know why.
2: Okay, for the talk category, yeah.
1: So, for the talk category, the previous winners were The Good Friends of Jackson Elias, The Grognard Files, What Would the Smart Party Do?, and The Miskatonic University Podcast have all won before. The good, so they won't be in this list. The Good Friends won. of Jackson
2: Elias, I know... And that's a very good podcast. And I know some of the Mm. people. They're very nice people. Lovely. Yeah.
1: Right, let's do this. Let's do this. Number Mm. 10 in the talk category is, do you want to go first?
2: Yes, it is Savage Interludes.
1: Savage Interludes.
2: So join Ron and Veronica Blessing and Tracy Sizemore as they discuss their favourite RPG, Savage Worlds. Mm. That's a good title for that. So if you're into Savage Worlds... This is definitely one to listen to. I guess if you want to learn more about it, because a lot of people are looking for new RPGs for some weird reason this January. We've
1: got from Broxon, who nominated Mm it, um, says, it focuses on savage worlds, but has an enormous amount of general GMing advice and information, with complete episodes focusing on topics such as making failure meaningful, adding morality to games, and how to run superhero or mystery campaigns. Really great stuff that applies to a variety of systems.
2: Awesome. Well, well done High for them. High indeed. Well done yeah, for them.
1: Yeah, so that's number ten in the talk category. So number nine in the talk category
2: mm-hmm.
1: is the Vintage RPG Podcast. Ooh. So you can join Stu Horvath and John Maguire as they delve into their favourite tabletop role-playing games from the past, present, and future. And future? And
2: future. Wow, how do they do that? Well, I guess, do they, like, interview people maybe that are bringing out games? So it's like upcoming oh, games. Maybe, so maybe. like, So like this year, we know that the Walking Dead RPG is. being Or are they
1: from the future? Which is more likely?
2: Do you know what, Russ? I guess we'll have to listen to the podcast to find out. <laughs>
1: well, I am sure they're from the future. That's the only possible explanation.
2: Okay. Maybe they no. can tell us what happens with the Open Gaming Licence. Yes, to. that
1: would help. Okay. And next week's lo- winning lottery tickets, please. Okay,
2: <laughs> great. What's next?
1: Uh, I don't know what is next Jess oh I'll
2: tell you because it's my turn so at number 8 in the talk category uh, we have the DM's book club Mm. so do you like a good book Russ
0: Uh, yes I like a good book do you
2: like Dungeons and Dragons the game not the company (laughs) (laughs) to specify
1: uh, remains to be seen carry on <laughs>
2: fancy combining them well that's what the DM's book club wanted to do Uh-huh. so join Fiona and Hamilton for the DM's book club it's a weekly podcast where they read about some Dungeons and Dragons and discuss how they might include it in their role playing campaigns so it's mm-hmm. looking at different books for inspirations to your games which I think is really cool because that's what oh, no, it's an excellent idea <laughs> yeah I think it's an excellent idea um, I've not listened to that actually but I might put that on my, my list to listen to because um, now I'm obviously a, an amazing GM because I'm running r- running one game later today. Yeah. Mm, what's next? What's next for us?
1: <laughs> next is number seven. Number seven is fear of a black dragon, and I said it before, and I'll say it again. That it's a very reasonable position. Dragons one are should scary. fear black dragons. Yeah. Yes. We only met
2: a dragon wormling on on uh, the actual play on Tuesday, and that nearly took us out. So. Yes. And it was just a bebe.
1: <laughs> but. You did try and wrestle it for I personally not. did not. No, all right, you didn't, but yeah. somebody did. Yes. Yeah, anyway. So, so what's Fear um, of a Black
2: Dragon? What's that about? I've not heard of This is a one.
1: podcast about tabletop role-playing game modules and setting books. Okay. Very descriptive. That, um. <laughs>
2: Do we have more of a description from an EN world user, perhaps?
1: Uh, yes. Uh, Malmuri says, It's a really smart analysis of OSR and classic modules. Each episode analyses why the elements of a module work or don't work, and also uses the module as the basis for a more abstract discussion of some aspect of scenario design. Okay, that does sound quite interesting.
2: That's interesting. I think if you're writing your own scenarios and things mm. like, uh, or like a publisher as well. So, yeah, or
1: if you're, or if you're just a DM and you're yeah. running an adventure for your yeah. players. Yeah, That's yeah. Okay, number six. Number six in the talk category.
2: Well, this is a little bit scary, Russ. So you know, turn on your nightlight. It's modern mythos. Uh, oh, no. It's a podcast about the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Uh, it's about mm-hmm. writing it, game, GMing, and playing. And the hosts, John and Seth, will talk you through that. Um, so again, if you're looking to get into a new system and you're thinking about Call of Cthulhu, this could be a really good podcast to listen to I to learn more about it. What I always
1: notice about these polls is that Call of Cthulhu has a really strong showing in it, always.
2: It does. I think it's a popular...
1: Every year. If you look at the yeah. um, Hall of Fame ones, there's a lot of Cthulhu in there too.
2: Well, the good friends of Jackson Elias. That's... Yeah, exactly,
1: certainly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost as much as D and D.
2: Yeah, it's a really, really it's a really yeah. big system. I've enjoyed playing it. I've done a few uh, campaigns with it. Um, I was playing through. Oh, what's the famous, the the the, the famous one?
1: Masks of Yeah, Masks of Nala. Masks of Nala. I was playing blah, 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 through that.
2: Blah, blah, blah. But unfortunately, that blah. came yep. to an end because I was in it with my ex and then we broke up part with through the campaign. So I think it made it a bit awkward for everybody else. <laughs> so that's fair enough. Well, <laughs> let's not get into it, Russ. <laughs> 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 What's next? Um,
1: priorities, Jessica.
2: I know, I know.
1: <laughs> All right. Okay. So number five is mm-hmm. the Effect a podcast. Effect with a K. I'm
2: glad you said that because I was unsure about the pronunciation, but now I see, now I understand. Thank you.
1: Yes. Well, this is a Swedish one, mm-hmm. and it's the Year Zero Engine podcast, celebrating mainly Swedish RPGs, including, but not limited to, Coriolis, Forbidden Lands, Vasen, Tales from the Loop, and Alien. Oh, okay. So it's a 3D podcast, basically, I guess. And...
2: Is it in in English, opposed to being in Swedish language? I believe so, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah,
1: yeah. okay, cool. Uh, not Russell Crowe says... Okay. Not Russell Crowe.
2: Because also not Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt didn't say that.
1: There's only two two people on this now. There's not Russell Crowe and Russell (laughs) Crowe. Which one are you?
2: (laughs) I'll love it, tell. Anyway, what does not Russell Crowe say about this? What a great username. 10 out of 10. Have a cookie. Not Russell
1: Crowe says. Not a lot, to be fair. Just says, effect podcast for the best talk podcast ever.
2: So number four is Ken and Robin talk about stuff.
1: Yeah, and it's exactly yeah, and Robin Laws yep. who are both famous game designers. Two of the most famous game designers?
2: And they it's exactly they both of them are there, and they talk about stuff. Mm. Mm. So, um, and like to be specific about said stuff, uh, it's about hobby gaming, history, occultism, um, chrono travel, food, cinema, narrative art, politics, food, maps, Cthulhu stuff, and. Uh, you know anything, kind of vaguely related uh, to hobby gaming, kind of bits and pieces like that.
1: You refused to read that last bit out, didn't you? Yes, I yeah. thought that could go <laughs> really wrong. Oh, I, saw, I saw that coming. You know, I think Jesse's not going to read. That. No,
2: I look. I know my limitations. I can't read.
1: Any matter subject to Dracula yet penetrating erudition. Erudition. I see you. I right? got. To yeah, so about it's difficult
2: for you, yeah. and you are yeah. a writer and can read. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah Allegedly. I've I've got like a seven or an eight in intelligence, so it's more difficult for me. Oh, but I like to think true. I have a high wisdom to make that up is for it. That's not
1: true, Jess.
2: I'm not. You know, I I do the best with what I have. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think what does
1: uh, what does some, anybody say about Ken and Robin talking? Somebody about? called they've won anys lots of times as well for that book.
2: They have yeah. Someone called Random Task, who is an the M World user obviously, uh, says Ken Height and Robin Laws. Erudite polymath game designers entertainingly talk about all kinds of stuff RPGs, game design, history, lots of history, media and film, etc. If you're not interested in what they're currently talking about, just wait until the next segment and see if it grabs you. For instance, I personally never knew how interesting historical occultist rivalries of the 19th century were, but now I do, thanks to Ken and Robin. Wow. So that seems that's an interesting one because that seems like you know, a bit wider than just some of the other categories. Yeah, so that yeah, that yeah. seems like quite a nice weekly one to listen to because it's going to be quite different each week, it seems. Mm. So that's yeah, it is a good yeah. one. I,
1: really, I, I listen to it on and off when, when the subject matter grabs me. But okay. yeah, it is a good one.
2: Do you want to tell everyone? Now we're into the top three. What is Number three
1: is a podcast. Cool. Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I think this is the highest we've ever placed, number three. Oh, well done. I'm quite pleased by that. And that is us. We have placed at number three. So Jacob Vardy says, <laughs> it has wonderful ad reads by Malik the Maleficent. Okay. Yep. It provides all the TSR news. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that's an inside joke, but yeah.
1: The hosts provide some really interesting insights into game design and the business end of gaming. The last of which I'd normally be averse to, but the hosts still make it interesting.
2: Good to yeah. know.
1: And apparently Jessica and Peter will have to put up with Morris sulking if the show does not get nominated on their own forum. Correct. That is not true. Correct. We did get another one as well. Uh, Zui says, I nominate Morris as unofficial table to RPG talk. I listen to it on Sundays, going to inform my weekly D&D game. And it's always
2: good. I'm surprised it's always good. But that's good good. to know.
1: Well, Zui says it's always good. And she or he said it on the internet. They said it on the internet and that means it must be true.
2: Okay. Well, thank you very much for for nominating us. I assume like you can only do one category so everyone probably also voted for not D&D. Um but obviously it's in the same category so it would be in the same thing. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to I'm going to choose to believe that and make that my you reality. Do
1: that. And while you believe that, would you like to choose to tell us what number two
2: The second is the, or the French, in the second place. Number
1: 2 is
2: is Mastering Dungeons. So there's mm, RPG v- 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 veterans and game designers. Uh, is it pronounced Taos? Yeah. Taos and Sean look at the game and the hobby of D&D from a variety of viewpoints, reporting the news, understanding the business, reviewing the products and illuminating the design. So whether you are a fan, a player, a DM, a designer, Sean and Taos will cover topics of interest for you. Yeah.
1: yeah. So Taos, um, also Alpha Stream online, you may have seen him tweeting or mm-hmm. Master Dunning. Master on Mastodon. <laughs>
2: yeah. I can't yeah. access my account. I tried to log in the other day, so I was like, I'm gonna join in and it is it will not let me access it. So yeah. uh, apologies. Um that's unfortunate. Peter is actually ones but- though, so you can follow Peter.
1: Yeah. But well, Mastering Dungeons is very, very good. It is oh. a good, very good podcast. Um Ruta Napishti says Possibly the best d d focused game design theory and practice podcast out there. Mm-hmm. Industry veterans, Gios um, and Sean, share advice, do super deep dives on design issues they care about and put the news in perspective every week.
2: Awesome. Um, yeah. And they said it's possibly the best because do you know what is the best voted by E.N. World Users? The number one RPG, TTRPG talk podcast. It I is... Do, yeah.
1: Uh, I do, yeah. Okay. No, I see you asked. I was building
2: tension <laughs> for the. This okay. Anyway. Okay. It is the Lazy D and D podcast. Yeah,
1: it's Mike Shay's podcast. Sly Flourish, the lazy dungeon master.
2: Uh, yeah, which is which is awesome to hear. I uh, spoke to them earlier this week because their favorite TTRPG book of 2022 was the Monstrous Menagerie from yeah. Level Up.
1: I... I- which was like very nice. Of I, love, to I say. love all the stuff he does, and this, yeah, he deserves to be out there. Yeah. Um, Wizband Dusty Boots said something which I don't. do what Wisband Dusty Boots said. I would.
2: It's a great antidote to both the OMG the sky is falling posts here and Wizards of the Coast is complete trash. You should set fire to all your five E books, YouTube videos, and the unvarnished PR coming out the company itself. I may not agree with everything Mike says, but it's hard not to see it as well reasoned. And a one advice for DMs, which is the primary reason I watch slash, Yeah. Yeah. So, congratulations to being yeah. the number one voted on Ian welfare Well done, Mike.
0: Well that, done.
1: that
2: is one I do and listen to. So I, I was pleased to see that there.
1: Well, I also say to Mike, Tears, and Sean, they all beat us. So also, we don't like them.
2: Well, I think it's just because they're better. We like
1: them and don't. In like fairness, them it's because
2: they're better. So what can we do? <laughs> we just need to up our game, Russ. We just need to up Fair our enough. game. Fair enough.
1: I can't argue with that.
2: It's okay. We <laughs> don't need to... look. I learnt from a very young age, you don't need to be the best at something in order to keep doing it and enjoy it, because there's always going to be someone better than you. And if you live your I life see. trying to be the best, you're going to be disappointed a lot of the time. So just, like, have very low expectations and you'll never be disappointed. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, let's just let's just be pleased we made it on the list. Thanks
1: for that advice.
2: Do you want to talk about more podcasts?
1: Yes, because we've got the other ca- entire other category to do. Yes. So we
2: have the actual play one.
1: Yes, we do.
2: So, actual play categories. This is people playing games and you can listen and that's cool. Mm. Oh, we have joint ninth place. So, we have ten on the list, yes. but two are in joint ninth place. So that was difficult mm. for me to say. Do you want to start or shall I?
1: Um, I'll go for the first you one. Do. So, in joint ninth place mm-hmm. is the Redacted Reports. This is an actual play podcast... Created by a group of storytellers, gamers and lovers of the unnatural.
2: Ooh, like plastics.
1: Every Wednesday, you take on the mantle of the agents of our cell to explore tales of things unknowable to the human mind and unpronounceable by the human tongue. And this is a Delta Green podcast. Okay. Which is uh random task test. A great Delta Green podcast. Played straight. Most humour is in-character gallows type. Everyone is in character almost all of the time, and the sound quality is also excellent.
2: That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, strong
1: recommendation. Strong. What's the other joint nine?
2: Well, there, in joint ninth place, which is still difficult for me to say, is Dice and Desire. So, mm-hmm. six friends, go adventuring. It's a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast. That's the system. And listen to find how how they avoid a TPK this week. And they do new episodes every Wednesday. Bouncy head on EM World says it's great DMing from Nate and really entertaining, a well balanced group of players who make me laugh out loud. Um, mm. And then Canny Can Co. What a great name. Uh, that a name. <laughs> 10 out of 10, well done. You also get a cookie. Uh, great funny podcast and a great bunch of lads to boot, even the DM. Uh, so that <laughs> sounds like quite a fun one. So I guess very joint ninth place, very different vibes to them. Mm. They're both enjoyable in different ways. I guess it depends what you're yep. looking for.
1: So at number eight on the actual playlist, we have uh, No Quest for the Wicked.
2: Love a good pun in a title, Carrier. Ah, yeah.
1: Are you ready to rock? No. More importantly, are you ready to roll? No, I'm quite tired. Welcome to No Quest for the Wicked, a story-driven actual play podcast, currently in our first campaign using Paizo's sci-fi space opera sister, sister? system, mm-hmm. Starfinder in a homebrew setting. Cool. Sounds cool. That's Sounds nice. Good. I think...
2: And again, I think, because uh, again, a lot of people are looking for new systems that aren't uh, D&D ones. I'm really glad there's already a lot of systems in here that aren't D&D. Because I think the, the best way I learn new systems is by watching people play or playing them myself. So listening to an actual yeah. player is a really good good way to like peek in and see if a rule system is is one for you before you commit to buying the rule yeah. set. So that's awesome. So if you want to try out at Paizo, Paizo Starfinder, you can that there. All right.
1: Number seven. What's number seven?
2: So... This is the AARPGS, and yeah. you might think, Jessica, what does that stand for? Well, I will tell you, it is the Advanced Age Role Playing Gamers Podcast, and the G's is because it's an RPG. Anyway, they are a group yes. of friends that have been playing role playing games on and off together uh, for almost forty years, which is a long time. It's longer than I. It's
1: longer than you've been alive. It is longer alive. than
2: I've been alive. Um, so they talk all.
1: It is not longer than I I didn't tonight. want to say.
2: We love all things geek, role-playing, video games, cheesy sci-fi, fantasy movies, and all kinds of tech toys. Um, so Theograph on um, Ian World says, These guys are hilarious. I highly recommend their sex, drugs, and saving throws arcs. Goofy-ass fun, being had by genuine friends around a table. Love these guys. Hmm. Nice.
1: Okay. Okay. We're into the top half. Number Da-da-da. six. In the actual play chart is... Not another d podcast. It is another D&D podcast, in... though. It is another d d podcast. Yes, I might be. No. I, I, feel guess that's a jo- I feel I feel betrayed. guess that's a joke. <laughs> yes. Started, I think it's more like, not another D&D podcast. I mean, I think it's more uh, Yeah, like I know.
2: That. I was being funny. Yeah.
1: Okay. You were being funny. Yeah,
2: yeah. I understand why you Very didn't uh, pick up on it. That's understandable. <laughs> it's okay. You carry on. You got this, champ. <laughs> It's welcome to the campaign after the campaign. Three unlikely adventurers attempt uh, to right the wrongs caused by a party of legendary heroes who screwed up the world while trying to save it. Understandable. Um, and it's been running since 2018. So, And Whiz Bang Dusty Boots, again, excellent name, uh, says it's incredibly hmm. silly, wildly inventive, and grounded in a good sense of what makes a D&D game work. Um, hmm. But yeah, so that, that, I, that one I know. And have listened to because every when I because oh, I not D and D is the the one I put out and because the name's similar it comes up in my recommended mm. all the time.
1: All right, yeah, um, yeah, and
2: also it's just very good on its own.
1: Yeah, okay. The next one is Dungeons and Daddies, <laughs> which is a D and D podcast with a couple of seasons. Okay. The first one has four dads on a quest to rescue their lost sons in a world of high fantasy. Four dads from our world flung into a, a fantasy world and they have to rescue their Okay, son. so
2: kind of like the original um, D&D cartoon, yes, no but idea. with adults.
1: Yeah, and then season two is about their grandkids who are tasked with fixing the world their grandparents kind of jacked up. Okay, yeah. Um, so Sales says, by far the funniest podcast I've ever listened to, although it can get pretty serious and emotional when the story calls for it. Nice. And one of the few podcasts I've managed to actually finish a full season of. The premise alone is hysterical as it follows four making a dad from our world being flung into the Forgotten Realms via a portal to rescue their lost son.
2: And what are the tropes like? Are they just annoyed because people keep changing the thermostat or like...
1: Is that what dads do? Yeah. So what's, what's after Dungeons and Daddies? What's at number four? Number four play?
2: is Red Moon Roleplaying. And this isn't mm. any award-winning podcast that plays role-playing games set in dark worlds. Yeah. Uh, ben the Ferg obviously, The Ferg.
1: Mm-hmm. Not so Ben A. Ferg. The. the Ferg.
2: No, The. Yeah. Says it's fantastic story-led RPGing, a great radio theatre, which is awesome. Yeah.
1: Right, number three. Mm-hmm. Number three, we're nearly there in the actual playlist is The Billowing Hilltop. A uh, d 5e one. Ancient Brits play D&D 5e as they look headlong through the classic Paizo Age of Worms adventure path. Nice. Uh, join us at the table for a mix of adventure, laughs, and hapless incompetence, but mostly hapless incompetence.
2: I love a bit of hapless yeah. incompetence. Love it. Yeah.
1: So, TCT3F, clearly their real name, Yep. says, they are funny and always entertaining. I just love them. I'm a faithful reader and have been since the beginning. Put reader in quote marks.
2: Because they listen to it, yeah.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rotate several in my repertoire, but they're a constant. Nice. And Bill Dorr says, a group of experienced UK d d players regale us with their group's hilarious antics as they progress through Piso's Asia Worms adventure. Mike's varied voices add to the entertainment certainly kept me, and I expect the other 13 readers, from going bonkers over the past few years. They're both called the readers. I guess they use that term in the thing then, I guess.
2: Yeah, maybe that's like a fan reference yeah. thing. Yeah. Like Lady Guy okay, has their monsters, the Billowing number- Hilltop has their readers. But sorry. Two. Number two. So the penultimate is mm. the Glass Cannon Network. Wow. Yeah. That sounded sarcastic. Why is it? Were you being sarcastic with that wow?
1: No. Okay.
2: Uh, so it's cast of comedians, actors, and gaming personalities. The shows explores the full gamut. Is that a word? Gamut? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Of tabletop role-playing game I learned new today. Of tabletop role-playing game systems telling captivating stories with unforbe- unforgettable characters. Uh, the network's got over 20 shows, so there's loads of stuff. It's got Pathfinder, it's got Starfinder, it's got d and it's got Dune, it's got Traveller, and more! Um,
1: loads of stuff.
2: So that sounds like they're quite busy, so good for them. Uh, mm. So Bad Syntax <laughs> uh, says, uh, The reason they are the best is that the participants, both the core five and the new players brought in on the show, are amazing at creating stories together, using elevated story techniques, voice acting, incredible, amazing comedy and wit and exploration and interaction of characters that are second to none. I listen to their show every day, and I feel like they're my friends. Uh, They also have a live show on tour in the US, but I would probably fanboy out if I ever met them, so it's probably best that I stay home. Ah, Fair enough.
1: Yeah, Glass Cannon's like one of the big sort of like yeah. heavyweights yeah. in RPG podcasting yeah. arena, as it were. Good for Okay, them. so number one. But who, number who one,
2: beat the Glass Cannon Network, Ralph?
1: Yes, the favourite actual play tabletop RPG podcast of 2022 was Ain't Slayed Nobody. Woo! This is Tombstone Meets the Thing in a Call of Cthulhu RPG. Our world is inhabited by characters and critters from the Wild West and terrors from the Cthulhu mythos. How to Train Your Dragons says, You can tell a lot of love goes into the show, including some of the best production I've ever heard in an actual play podcast, really good audio, plus music, sound effects and voice actors doing the NPCs. And there we go. That's the list.
2: Amazing. Well, congratulations. Congratulations, congratulations to everybody there that was nominated and then made the top 10. Yeah, um, and I guess if you're looking for more podcasts, that's a really good place to start. That's, having that's look a good at. place to start. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So, Eight Slave Nobody and um, um, Sly Flourishes Lazy D and D podcast both go into the Hall of Fame. I'll add them to that, which means say won't be able to. They won't be eligible in future years, but they go into the Hall of Fame as winners for 2022. So, congratulations to both of those. Congratulations to us for coming in at number three in the uh, talk category. Go
2: climb our way up. Do you think this is the highest? Well, we're gonna
1: we're gonna we're gonna eventually get to number one by being the only one left. Yeah, I think, I think so. so. Works.
2: Um, do you think we have got to number three and the highest we've ever been because I joined the podcast last?
1: Despite you joining the podcast last year,
2: I received a message on Kickstarter the other day, responding to they had a logistics question. And I replied to it, and they said, "By the way, mm. the podcast is a lot better with you in it." So, um, and I've heard that from multiple places. So
0: have you now? Um,
1: well, I've heard from multiple places that I'm the best one in it. So.
2: From who? Hudson?
1: Lots of people. Many, many, many people.
2: Do you know what? On this note, I think we should just leave. <laughs> All
0: right. <laughs> I think we are. Okay, goodbye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPT news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com, or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at morris on the Twitter... Send your emails to morispodcast at com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, that's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo. Off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.
2: Hello, Russell. Let's.
1: Call him. Stop calling me Russell.
2: I do it once a week.
1: I do not like it.
2: Okay, fine.
1: I dislike it. it
2: is your name?
1: It is not. I Le- deny it.
2: Legally, which is what counts these days.
1: I deny it. You cannot prove anything.
2: I literally (laughs) can. I have your ID on file.
1: Mm